Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love, the cross requires, cling to the one who's... Amen. Open your Bible with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2 is where we begin today. And the title of this is Faults and Findings and Social Distances. Social Distinctions, I'm sorry. Social Distinctions. There are so many different social distinctions in our society, within our church, within our uh, every facet of life. But the truth is, there shouldn't be. And we're going to look at some of those points today. So if you turn with me to James chapter 2, James chapter 2, the Bible says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Now, just reading the verse by itself might be a little confusing, but when you read the rest of the chapter and you put it in its context, it starts to make sense. The meaning here is this. Do you, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, treat some people with more respect and partiality than others just because they are rich or have worldly possessions or position? Do you? Don't you know that sometimes we look at people and we judge them automatically in five seconds? We characterize them in our mind. We judge them by the way they look, by the way they're dressed, by the way they're what uh, style clothes they wear, what kind of watch they have on, what kind of shoes they have on, what kind of car they drive, what they look like, how they fix their hair. We have looked at them and totally judged them. And the Bible says, that's not right. Now, you can judge the outward appearance to some extent. I'm not saying that. But when you look at them and you just either lift them up or put them down based on the way that they look, the Bible says, you're wrong. You're wrong. Listen when Acts chapter 10 verse 34 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation that he feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. Romans 2.11 tells you that, for there is no respect of persons with God. But you listen to what that verse says in Acts 10.35, but in every nation that he feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. You want to be accepted by God? Be righteous. Live a righteous, holy, set-apart life. Because I do believe if the Bible says that if every nation that is set apart and work of righteousness is accepted of him when a person takes that upon themselves when they're saved they're born again they're living in the righteousness of god they're walking right then god is pleased with them and accepts 
them. Now, let me just put a mark there for America, that America has, we've been greatly blessed for a long time. But let me just tell you, America is going down an evil path there's so many abortions being done and you can call it what you call it but the bible says it's murder you're killing a life that thing has a heartbeat that baby has a heartbeat amen that is not good that is wickedness and all the same-sex marriages and gay liberalism lgbt and all these things this is not righteous this goes against god and the biggest and newest one that i know of is the transgender thing and that let me just say something about that that what that person is saying, telling God is, I don't have to be what you made me to be. I'm going to be whatever I want to be. Now, that's just like Satan spitting in God's face, but he's using a person to do it. And now let me just say, I pray for those. I love those, but I do believe that the devil has them greatly deceived. And we need to share the love of Christ with them and the healing of power of Christ with them. Amen. So let's live a righteous, honest life. And so if you're when you're honest, if you're honest with yourself, we all have that in us. We shouldn't, but we do. Unfortunately, our flesh side, when we meet somebody, we judge them. There was a social experiment on TV I watched, and they took a child that was about eight or nine, and they set him out on the street and they dressed them in the radius, tattest torn, dirty clothes, dirty shoes, messed their hair up, put dirt on their face, and they put them out there in the, in the middle of a big city and just to see how people would react to them. And let me just tell you, people would walk by and look at that child like, Ugh, don't touch me. Don't get near me. They wouldn't say anything to him, didn't speak to him, didn't ask, where's your dad, your mom? Are you all right? Where are you at? What are you doing? I mean, it was amazing. I thought, here's a little kid. Who cares if they're dirty? You know, stop and see if they're okay. But most people did not. They just shunned them. You could tell by the look on their face and their attitude and the way that they walked. They just totally block that child out like they're not important. You don't mean anything to me. Obviously, you're of no status in this life, and I'm not going to stoop down to your level to see if I can do anything for you. They turned their nose up, and they walked away. And in that same social experiment, they took that child, and they cleaned them up, and they put on nice clothes and nice shoes and fixed their hair nice and made them look good, and they set them out on the sidewalk and you know what? It was a total different reaction. People would stop and say, where's your mom? Where's your dad? What are you doing out here by yourself? I mean, they were highly concerned about this child who was dressed nice and looked proper. But that same child, when dressed dirty, they didn't want nothing to do with. And so that just goes to show you how dark our human nature is, that here's a child. Amen? And it, it was the same child. But at one time it had on dirty clothes and another time it had on nice clothes. But yet it was treated totally different by the way that it looked and by the way that it dressed. And let me just say, that's our human nature. Amen. So if you're saved and you're born again, you need to fight that human nature. 
off to realize that that person, no matter who they are, no matter how dark the alley is, no matter how rat-tatted their clothes are, how dirty they are, how bad they smell, how long their hair is, how matted up it is, Jesus loves that person just as much as he loves you. Amen? Jesus died on the cross to save that person from the fires of hell. And you need to see people through the eyes of God and have compassion upon them. Amen? Look with me now in the next verse, James chapter 2, and we're going to read three verses here, 2, 3, and 4. James chapter 2 and verse 2. For if there come unto you your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel. And there come in also a poor man in vile arraignment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in the good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? One man called this section of the Bible the short-sighted usher. And that's what it sounds like. Here comes in a rich man with, with uh, gold rings on and nice clothes. Look, look good, a very distinguished-looking gentleman. Fashionable clothes, expensive ring. And the usher sees him, and he scurries over there to him and takes him down to the front and has him a seat there and in a prime, pristine position right in the front of the church. Amen? But yet... As the usher gets back to the back door, here stands a rattered, tattered, dirty, humble, poor man. And he tells that man, you can either sit on the floor or you can stand up here. He doesn't offer him the same seat as what he offered the wealthy, distinguished man. And the Bible says that you're partial when you do that. And let me just say, I've not seen that done in church but I have seen the looks of people and the way that they treated people and the way they acted toward them and the way that they looked at them. They might as well have told them to sit on the floor. Amen. Why? Because you could see it. It was in their heart. You could see the look on their face. Oh, what are you doing here? Well, why are you even here? Don't dirty up our pews. I mean, you could see the look on their face. And it isn't incredible that we could act that way, that, that we could act that way toward another brother or sister in Christ or toward a lost person. You have to remember, the church is supposed to be a hospital for the broken and for the needy and for the hurt. It's not supposed to be a museum for the perfect. No, it's not. It is a hospital where the Lord Jesus Christ can do His healing work. Amen? But many times that happens. The wealthy or distinguished get taken care of and lift it up and give the prime position while the humble and poor get left in the back or to sit on the floor. Please, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that in your heart, when you look at those people, even if you never speak to them, but I'm talking about in your heart because that's what Jesus sees. God sees your heart and judges you by your heart. Make sure that you haven't put that person on the floor. Make sure that you haven't lifted them up just because they're rich, just because they have some social status. Make sure that you haven't put them down just because they are poor and they don't have anything to offer you because oh many times we do things for rich people so we maybe get some type of notoriety out of it oh yes 
That's why many people do something for rich people or wealthy people or people with a big name. Why? Because they want some type of notoriety out of it. And I want you to notice what the Bible calls it. It doesn't say it's a bad thing or you shouldn't do that. No, listen, the Bible calls it evil. When you think of people this way, listen to what the last part of James chapter 2, verse 4 says. And ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Man, that, that should humble you right there. That if you've ever had that thought, that that is evil. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that is evil. Those are evil thoughts. They're not just bad thoughts or wicked thoughts. They are evil the Bible says, make sure that you've kept yourself humble and right before God and that you're seeing people through the eyes of Scripture, through the eyes of God, that those people are valuable, that the Lord Jesus Christ loves them just as much as they love me or any other distinguished person. Amen? He most certainly does. Church today, according to the Bible, should not be divided in any way. Your race, your background, your social status, your economical status, no matter who you are or what your name is, where you're from, what you did, or who your family is. No, the Bible says that we are one in Christ, and we should treat one another in that way. And you say, well, they're not. Well, that church is not. Well, listen, God's not going to hold you accountable for what they do, but God is going to hold you accountable for what you do. So don't worry about them. Make sure your heart is right. Make sure your mind is right. Make sure that you're seeing things through the eyes of Scripture. And don't worry about what brother so-and-so or, or sister so-and-so or this church does or that does. But you worry about what you do because God is watching you just as much as he's watching me. And I will be held accountable for my actions just as you will also. So make sure that you keep yourself Right with God. Amen. Let's look me now in the next verse. James chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you? And draw you before the judgment seats? James gives four strong reasons why it's ridiculous for believers to favor the rich and look down on the poor. First of all, it means that we dishonor a man whom God honors. I'll say that again. When you shun somebody or you look down on somebody, that's somebody that God loves. And we have no right to do that. Amen. God puts his salvation out there for each and every person, no matter what they did. The Apostle Paul, who penned a lot of the New Testament, would have Christians drug out in the street and stoned to death. But yet when he met Jesus on that road to Damascus, it changed his heart. He got born again. He started serving God, and God used him to pen a lot of the New Testament. So if God can do that with him, imagine what God can do with that meanest person that you know, the vilest person that you know, the honoriest person that you 
you know. You imagine what the Lord Jesus Christ could do with them when they meet the Lord and they get saved and get on fire for God. Man, God could use them to do great and mighty things that you could never imagine. You say, well, you don't know what they done. You don't know where they from. You don't know what they said. It doesn't matter. The Lord Jesus Christ can use them. He'll give them the new nature. Amen. They want to serve God and be on fire for the Lord. That's what the Apostle Paul did. So if God can do it with him, he can do it with you and he can do it with anybody else. Amen. God has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those that love him. That is right. God has chosen the rich, the poor, to be rich in faith. As I know in many people in my family that I know, I think of my great-grandma Anthony, who was dirt floor poor, never had a car. Uh, she never had anything. But her big thing was she prayed for all of her family members to be saved. And if it wasn't for her, my own father wouldn't have got saved. My own mother wouldn't have got saved. My own grandmother wouldn't have, wouldn't have got saved. But my great-grandma, Anthony, she made sure to let you know you better get saved. You better meet Jesus or you're going to bust hell wide open. And she prayed for each and every family member and had faith that God could reach out to them. She may have been poor in this world, but she was very rich in God's faith. Amen? Because many times the rich people... They put their trust in their riches, in their money, in their possessions. They don't have to really trust God for anything in this world. I want to share with you a story that my own mother told me uh, just this past week. When we had moved up to Utah when I was a boy, we didn't have much. As a matter of fact, we moved up there and we were from Florida. Nobody in Florida wore pants. So my older brother, that's all he had was, was shorts. And my mom got on her knees and, and she asked, Lord, Lord, I moved up here. We moved up here in this little apartment. I don't have no pants for my son, but she had faith that God provide. And 30 minutes later, a little woman that she had never met before walked up and said, I have these pants that I just wanted to give you. And the lady knocked on my mom's door and she gave them, she gave her those pants and they fit my brother perfect. Never saw that lady again. It was a great big uh, apartment complex. But let me tell you, my mama got on her knees in faith, knowing that God could provide. And he did. Sent a little later, knocked on the door that gave her the pants that fit my brother. Amen. And if God cares so much about it, just a pair of pants, you think about how much he cares about you. Amen. How much he wants to bless your life. How many prayers that he hears. Oh, we think about all these bad things that happen, but God cares just about the small things too. Don't forget that. A pair of pants, amen? So make sure that you have the faith to know that God can provide. But will you trust him? Will you get on your knees and ask him? Will you have faith that, hey, God's going to provide? Because, see, that's what the poor have that the rich don't. They can trust in God for a pair of pants, amen? And God will provide. I love that. That was the greatest story I ever heard my mom told me. The poor God's elect, according to the Bible, God's elite, they're heirs of God, lovers of God, repeatedly over and over and over. We find this in the scripture that poor people, not the rich people who rally over the banner of the cross, amen, 
It wasn't the rich, but it was the lowly and poor most of the time that are lifting up the name of Jesus, lifting up the banner of the cross. Our Lord himself said, the poor have the gospel preached to them in Matthew eleven five, It was the common people who heard him gladly, not the wealthy aristocrats, like in Mark chapter 12, verse 37, but the poor were there. They were listening. They were ready to lift up the banner of Christ. But many times it was the rich that did the persecuting or the taking advantage of. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And that's the truth. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 says. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Man, God can take somebody that has nothing. They got two pennies to rub together and do some of the mightiest work you've ever seen through that person because they trust in Him. Amen. They trust in Him. They got something that money can't buy. No amount of possessions can buy. Amen. They got faith in God Almighty. How easy it is to trust in our money and our bank account or our job or our position. And those things mean nothing. They can be taken away in a heartbeat. But the faith that you have in God Almighty, hey, that will last throughout all eternity. You're not going to lose that. Amen. That's yours. You hold on to it. You put your faith and trust in God. So why treat rich people different? They're the ones who characteristically oppress the people of God many times. And I'm not beating up on the rich here because I know there are some very good, godly, rich people. Amen. And there are just as many vile, poor people. But in this passage of Scripture, it's talking about, it's talking about the rich. James chapter 7, James chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse number 7. The Bible says, Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? In other words, don't blaspheme the name of God. Don't blaspheme the name of Jesus by which you're called. And another reason why it's foolish to be partial toward the rich is that they habitually use evil or harsh speech involving the name of Christ. And many poor people do the same. This is the noble name by which believers are called. We are called Christians. Amen? Don't let anybody blaspheme that name in front of you. You have the right to say something. Or if they use the GD word, you could say, listen, don't use that. Not in front of me. Don't. God has no business in that. That's not how you honor God. You have the right to say that. Amen. And a lot of times the traits, the traits that accompany rich folks are not honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know many times I have been astounded because I worked out in the field, either in construction or, or, or different aspects of. Uh, of, you know, hands-on. And so when I got in the office up where, where I thought where the upper crust was and everybody's wearing suits and ties, I thought everything would be so much different and the language would be so much better and people wouldn't look down and talk nasty and have all these nasty things to say. But can I just say I was dead wrong? It's even more so up there in the nice positions where all the suits and ties and big chairs and fancy business meetings are. Amen? They're just as vile, just as wicked, and even that much more. But on the bottom, I thought, well, they, they probably don't, they don't act like that, but they most certainly do. Why? Because they are people, and people are people. Amen? James chapter 2 and verse 8. Look with me now in verse number 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. 
It's called the royal law because it belongs to the king and it becomes as the king's law. It's a royal law. If we love our neighbor as ourselves, we should treat them as we want to be treated. Amen. That golden rule. And we would not want to be despised simply because we're poor. Then we should not show any type of contempt or look down on another poor person or a poor person for that reason. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You, you think about what that means. It means that we should care for others as we care for ourselves. We should be willing to share our material possessions with that person to give them a little bit of privilege. And above all, we should do in all our power to see that they have the opportunity and to be blessed by the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Preach to them, in other words, give them the gospel. We should not be self-centered. And many times the rich gets catered to by the hope of some type of reward from that person. Amen. But yet they'll shun the poor because why? They can't do anything for them. You have nothing to offer me. You have nothing to offer me. They're looking for something. Hey, if you're here today and you're not saved, you look to the Lord Jesus Christ to save yourself. Get on your knees and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. 3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.